Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. Noir Pantar. So, all right, after coming back, I've seen the movie three times now. It's not It's not a contest, Joseph, but you'd win. I've only seen it twice. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, I, I saw it, like, literally the first screening, the first possible screening I can go to. Um, and then on top of that, a friend of mine who worked on the film... Uh, he got his advanced production crew screening like a week before. So I got to see it then. And then I'm like, then I saw the first release and then I saw it with a friend of mine. I was like, yeah, I'll just see it whenever. So I got to see it three times within that equation. It would have been four if, um, if other schedules hadn't screwed that up. So my intention was to see this movie as much as humanly possible. Um, cause I had a feeling I was going to love it. Um, for me, did you love it? I did. I did. Um, in fact, the debate that's continuously going on in my head right now is, did I love it more than the original? Um, than the first movie? That is the debate. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm able to answer that yet. We will see maybe by the end of this podcast. For me, I'm going to say no. Um, I quite love the first movie. My initial viewing of this movie, I came out with, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, and Upon rewatch, I do think I love it, and I think it is probably one of the better movies in this phase. But, and we will talk about it, obviously, this movie had the fucking most stacked against it of maybe any Marvel movie ever. Yes, from the beginning. I mean, when basically you write an entire script and then your lead actor dies, and then you're like, well, what do we, what do, we do in order to continue on? And I think they, they did a great job in that process. I think the the biggest thing that I think was against them is like, well, who's going to be the next Black Panther? And everyone's like, well, it's going to be Shuri. And everyone's, everyone in the production's like, well, you won't, you can't guess it. And everyone's like, it's Shuri, right? They're like, well, you're not going to be able to guess it. it it's, it's Shuri, right? Like, mm, don't be so sure. Don't be so hasty. And then you watch the movie. And of course, it's fucking Shuri. So, I mean, it, 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 I didn't like the way they used that kind of mystery of like, who is going to be the next to take up the mantle? when the obvious was staring us in the face and we all called them on it and they were just like, nope, nope, it's probably not that. And then ended up being that. That was my biggest issue with the film that I can think of at the top of my head right now. Um, That bothered me throughout the process. You knew it was going to be Shuri. The comics said it was going to be Shuri. Everything in possibility led it to be Shuri. And outside of Letitia's issue with... um, covid and masks and you know vaccinations i like her as an actress i've liked her in a, uh, other projects that i've seen her in um and i think she she was great i loved her in this role i loved her character in this role and her character arc i mean even going down to the suit the suit is a perfect blend of like i'm angry i'm i'm violent i'm aggressive but i'm also my brother you know i had the gold and the silver so i know we'll get into that a little bit later but like it, it, it stylistically and character wise, her arc in this film made perfect sense. And I, I loved it for that. I, I, I like that her arc in this film was basically a reflection of T'Challa's arc in Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Down to the, the to the uh, to the to the dialogue. They even referenced that. The line that he said to to Zemo, you know, like this vengeance has 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 blinded me. It is almost it is almost blinded you know, my, uh, 
Wakanda or something like that. I don't remember the exact line, but it was... I think it, it was like, vengeance has consumed me. Yeah, that was it. it but yeah, yeah, it, precisely. Like, just even down to, the, like, the dialogue. Like, it was... I think it was a good callback to Civil War. Yeah, and I love that That basically you you had... um, You had Michael Jordan come back for that. And that was, like, great. That was an awesome to see him. Because she is in that mindset. And you kind of agree with him again to a point but he is a man of action he's a man that gets things done but he just went a little bit too far with it and you kind of see that balance and Shuri is trying to represent the balance between two extreme positions that both have drawbacks to them on a political scale especially for a place like Wakanda you know yeah I know I'm I was not shocked that we got a Michael B. Jordan cameo I love the way that they did it. Made perfect sense. And of course, like that's who she would see if she was in that state, right? Yeah. And she's grieving her brother. She just kind of saw her mom get murdered in front of her. Of course, she's going to spec Killmonger when she goes into the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, and I thought it worked on that on the multiple levels. It worked at a, as, as a mother and daughter film. It worked as a as a you know mourning your your brother film and you can't avoid when you're dealing with a movie about grief when the first movie was so much about grief being like well this is just a repeat you know how do you how do you not repeat the same story when you happen to make your first story all about grief you know it's like well phase four is all about grief so really it just fits right in here but they've managed to tell a very unique different story continuing this grief that this family has since day one I mean, this family has not had a break. When when Angela Bassett is screaming bloody murder about what she and her family has lost, like, I feel it. Like, I'm sitting there having a hard time not getting choked up because she, her family, oh my gods, have had so much, have lost so much across it in order to try doing the right thing every time. But, ugh. yeah, I mean, I mean, she, and she lost T'Challa twice. Yeah. Right? And she lost Shuri. At that one point, a, she thought she one lost and a half story. times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been it's it that family has had a a, a complicated history. It's been a know? rough decade for Wakanda, actually. And like, even just in the thought, like, okay, well, her her father is the one that started. Shuri's father was the one who started this whole thing in the first place. I mean, like, he would have killed Riri. He would, you know, she is right. <laughs> Riri would have been dead if it was to. What's his name? T'Chaka. T'Chaka. Thank you. If it was T'Chaka in charge, T'Challa would have would have saved her. Definitely would have moved Earth and Heaven, probably at the expense of his own life to do it. But T'Chaka would have killed her. Yeah, no, he totally would. Um. So, what were your issues? I want to hear the cons because I'm sure we can sit here and 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 levitate ourselves on the pros of this movie for what you have, and I can just blow it up even more so. I'm mostly pros. Um, the, the only things that really I think I ended up having an issue with, I felt like it had some pacing issues. And the only other complaint, I think they developed Namor so well. But they didn't really develop Talokan as well. Like his his lieutenants, like they're just kind of there. Like, I knew Namora's name, but, like, that other guy, like, did he even have a name? But he had, like, a small subplot with uh, Okoye. Yeah, that was just a setup, like, 
arrivals for the battle sequences and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, his lieutenants didn't really get that much screen time within that, but I mean, like, it was about Namor. Yeah, you know, like, and that's the and he was great. Yeah, and he was done very well to the point where, like, you realize that he's a villain, but he's not a villain. Like from his perspective, and to be a part of his people, he's not a villain. He's just trying to survive in a role that he knows is going to get more and more complicated. In a situation where it's like, all right, minorities are, are used to like go against each other. So like that that, that story, that particular thing, making Wakanda versus Talokan is a perfect mirror reflection of what happens when white people are like, get those people to fight and then we'll, we'll pick up the ashes and we'll get what we want. You know, like that, that stupid bitch French woman who's like, I'm just going to send my Navy SEALs to get that thing. And it's fine. It's fine. Like, nope, we're going to bring your people out, embarrass you in front of the entire world because you French people are assholes and your entire country needs to be wiped off the face of the earth. Right. That's that, that was the whole point of that scene. Right. I mean, it, it's, not shocking that like the French people did it because they're French. The f- yeah. Well, I was going to say that just other countries are out there trying to get vibranium, specifically the French and America being like, oops, we're the ones who probably supported that a little bit. Oopsie. How did you, how did you feel about the American characters? Because like, I don't really think Ross or Val had that much to do, but they were there. It's that's all set up. I mean, it's information. It's, Val was there in order to in order to make sure that we all knew that something was happening afterwards. She's the new evil Nick Fury. That's why Val is there. She is set up for Thunderbolts. All this is set up for Thunderbolts. And Ross, aren't we seeing him in Secret Invasion? We're seeing him in a lot of things. But, I mean, like, he was there to kind of just be that connective tissue for it. So, like, just look at those as, like, um, link, chain link characters. That really just continued that going. It wasn't about them. It was just, it wasn't about Ross. It wasn't about Ross either in the first movie, but I think it was even less so this time. It was just to show that like, all right, we have it in, in the country. He's, he's going to be loyal to Wakanda. And by the end of the movie, he's still loyal to Wakanda because they're saving his ass. He's a good man who's trying to do the right thing for his people as well as Wakandans. But at the end of the day, like he's, he's going to be arrested for, for doing what he thinks is right. And Val is just, she admitted it. Like, I have a fantasy about America being the only ones with access to vibranium. And I love it. And I want to take over the entire world and for us all to be dominant. You know, like, that's it. That's the point. Like, they want to be on charge. And Ross is like, mm, I don't think that's what we should be doing. If, if I trust the Wakandas with this technology, but I don't trust us with this technology. And that's the purpose of Ross, is to lay that, political ideology further which we saw at the beginning of the movie what a pre- what a predicament for him to be in by the way no he's he's screwed no matter which way he goes and that's kind of the point is like what we saw the, the the i almost feel like the united states let the french do it and kind of supported it low-key to see if the french could get away with it and if they did it would be like all right we'll share that some of that shit share some of that vibranium but since they didn't, America was just like, oops, never mind. We're just going to go over here. But really, they want to be the ones in charge. They want it. They don't want to go up against Wakanda. And I think the whole thing is going to be set up to eventually, it's going to be the United States versus Wakanda. And then they'll have to go back to Talokan and be like, all right, now we need your help. So where where is this going to go? How far is this going to go? That's the question. Eventually, Wakanda is going to be in a war. I, I had the thought 
during this movie. I'm really surprised that the Wakandans like let the Avengers dip out with uh, Vision's body after Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of vibranium in that body. A whole lot of stolen vibranium. Mm-hmm. But I think they look at Vision as being alive and deserving a, a proper burial. And also their king had just turned to dust, so they were probably in a state of disarray. Yeah, I mean, what what was your government? The Koye? It was kind of implied in this movie that I think Ramonda survived the, sta- the snap and she was head of state during that five years. Okay, so Ramonda and, and Okoye, and that's really about it. Well, and Nakia, and she, but she dipped out because she was pregnant and needed to go live in Haiti. So I don't count her. Uh, we're, I mean, skipping ahead. How do you feel about T'Challa, son of T'Challa? Um, I love it. It's the way to bring T'Challa back as the Black Panther when they age him up through some capacity. Um, it allows for recasting. Um, it allows for a way to bring a T'Challa back into that thing. Uh, so I'm fine with it. I thought it was very emotional. I thought it was beautiful that his heritage lives on. I think it's a way to say that uh, Chadwick Boseman's essence will live on in the character. You know, it's it's there's a lot of poetry there. Yeah, so I think I, it was. I think it was the like if you weren't going to recast, I think it's a very sweet way of kind of like honoring that character and yeah. still giving us the opportunity to maybe get some more stories with that character later on. Yeah, we are going to recast, but we're not going to recast it for a while. And not in the literal way. It's going to be his son. And that's how it's going to work out. So we're getting at the T'Challa back, but we're going to have the respectful time to go through it. And I think that that's great. I think that's beautiful the way they did it. Yeah, I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good little surprise. And there was only, that was the only post credits. Like, yeah, they didn't want to make it like about anything else. They want, this was a very self-contained film. And the last film of this, of this phase. If you don't include uh, the holiday special, yes. That's a special presentation. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. I still count it. It's still on my list of, when I look at the list of watchability things, because I have a list that I've been making of of the right order to watch these things in. And holiday special is going to be at the end for phase four. So that's the last thing I will watch in phase four. Yeah, it's the last piece of media. But yes, this is the last film. Last theatrical release Mm -hmm. of phase four. Um, you know, I was really upset that they killed off Angela Bassett because she was so damn good in this I movie. Mean, she's amazing. She is I've a been force a of nature. Of, I've been a fan of Angela Bassett since I saw her in Strange Days back in 1998 or 99, I think it came out in. And it, she was a badass then, and she has not aged a fucking day. She is a goddess amongst women. Yeah. Those clavicles. Yeah, no, she's got clavicles for days. She's got a voice and a presence that just commands, <laughs> just commands respect and adoration immediately. She can put you at ease or intimidate you uh, within a within a within a quick switch of her voice. She is an amazing woman. Her going off on a koye. Oh my god! Right? Yeah, oh. I told you. Like I don't. I was having. I was very emotional and very like just kind of like feeling scolded. You know, I think everyone just kind of feels that like you you sink yourself into your seat and you still are kind of getting very upset. They had a very visceral reaction to that scene. I mean, she was she wasn't wrong though. Like Okoye's had some fuck ups. Yeah, no, Okoye. I mean, like, how could Okoye know that things get so bad? Yes, but like, Okoye could didn't have to be so cavalier about it all either. So, yeah. my one of my major notes about the film. 
Um, I don't like the Midnight Suns outfit. Oh, I thank God. They look like Power Ranger villains. They do. They look like bad. Like, especially after coming from Moon Knight, where I thought the outfits and designs of everyone looked so good. Like, oh my God, everything in Moon Knight, even even uh, the superhero costume versions and everything else looked so amazing. And then when you when you base this badass like technology based cyberware on Egyptian African lore, that's what you get. No, that does that design uh, fell very fucking flat. Yeah, I liked I liked the uh, Iron Man, the Wakandan Iron Man outfit, but I'm more of a fan of her Mark One Iron Man suit in the beginning of the movie, which I wish we had had a couple more scenes in daylight with. Right. Because it, it, I loved her in it. And I've seen concept art about what the whole thing looked like. It, it was a practical suit they built. So I got to see what it looked like from behind the scenes. And it looked amazing. We just didn't really get a great look at it. Um, yeah. And then it gets destroyed. And then it gets destroyed. And then we really don't get to see this and anything else with the suit until, you know, the big fight and everything else. And then it's all CGI. So, I mean, it looked good. I like the design of it in theory. I just prefer the Mark One better. How did you like uh, Dominique Thorne as uh, Ironheart? I loved her personally. Everyone was saying like, oh, she's she's useless. She didn't need her for the film and everything. Like, Shut the fuck up. I mean, like, she's a catalyst for all this stuff. And I think since they're going a different way from the comics, because I read Ironheart, so I'm familiar with the character. I think they did a good job in making her her own person and not as like, almost like she's a fangirl of what I, what Tony Stark has done, but she is not... She's not Peter Parker, you know, whereas like in the MCU, because of Iron Man, because of Tony Stark, Peter Parker is a, is a better Spider-Man. Right. She is her own individual. She's not, Tony Stark was not her mentor the way Peter Parker was to Tony Stark in that story. So in the comics, that's pretty much what it was until he died and then he becomes the AI. Right. And it's like, no, they're just separating it from that completely. Um, Which I think I think is a smart decision. Yeah, I think so too. I loved her character. I wanted to see more. I I, I leaned in and listened to every single moment on screen, and and I, I just loved it when her she was playing off um, Shuri. Like so, the character was there. I liked it. It's it just wasn't her story. She was a MacGuffin. She yeah, essentially yeah, she was. The but that MacGuffin was her role the in the story. You know what I mean? Like for being a MacGuffin, she was a very three dimensional MacGuffin that has promise. And we will get way more of her in her own series and films down the line. But for this particular story, she was a MacGuffin. Just a, and to me, a, a well-made MacGuffin. But that was her point. Like, sometimes you have characters like that. It fills that role in the story. It's not an insult. It's just that was her role. Something that I really appreciated about the introduction to Riri Williams, she's threatening Okoye with a heater. And then at the end of the movie... She has to build a superheater to dry out Namor. Yeah. I loved that. That was a very cute throughout. And I loved the, the final battle between everybody. While I, I, there were aspects of it I loved, but again, those Midnight Sonya outfits just kind of killed me. Um, and I feel like they, they rushed the big, the big battle with the editing just seemed a little off and weird. But the, the, but the personal battle between Shuri and Namor that I loved. I loved it 100%. Like, I, I thought it was visceral. It was violent. It was intense. It was emotional. And there were parts... So I just... I respect more for what he's trying to do. I mean, like, 
taking us on the tour in Pelican really did make it a, a, a beautiful journey through that culture, through this, especially being, you know, a, a indigenous Latin myself, like that mattered to me. Like that, that really was something special and unique. Can I just say that I really love the like retcon on his name, El, El Nino Cinamor. Mm-hmm. He's Namor now. Where originally his name came from Rome. His name came from like Rome. Like that is that 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 was the inspiration for his name when the comic book writers came off it. You know, it was Namor was kind of came from like a Roman style feel to it. Whereas now they they really retcon the, the the vibe and the personality of it, and they made it Namor. I love it. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. I think like they did a they did a lot in this movie to differentiate Namor and Telocon from Aquaman and yeah, Atlantis. Because I mean, like one Aquaman's doing its thing, so Atlantis. But you could do so much more. Like where Atlantis is is Greco Roman. You know, when people think of Atlantis, they think of people white men in robes. Where to me, like historically, if you really look at Atlantis, it is dark skinned Greeks. Um you know, with hats and helmets, but nonetheless, like with the way people imagined them in the seventies and the sixties was white men in Rome. So it was very Greek inspired right. white person, Greek, not, not minority indigenous Greek, but what they've done here was really turn that on the side and be like, no, we're, we're really making this about another culture that also gets screwed all the time so we have these two underdogs fighting each other who are not underdogs they're the most technologically advanced strongest cultures on the planet like even in the tones of the mcu so i just i love that they made it more about that i am watching again the white people just being like all right well we're just gonna wait for you guys to battle each other out and really have so we can have our way i mean that essentially seems like it's namor's plan right yeah i mean he knows that there's a war brewing he knows it and so he's like, I want to be in an alliance with Wakanda when that happens. Because when Wakanda is going to want our help when the entire world descends on Wakanda. And I do like that they left the status quo of Talokan being incognito yeah, intact in this movie. Because again, Wakandas are good people. They're trying to do what's right here. And I think Shuri's... And I, I like the way Shuri and... Um, M'Baku like had their I like the way Shuri and M'Baku had their kind of this is what we're doing now. Shuri knows she's the Black Panther and she's going to do what has to be done but she doesn't want to be leader. She doesn't want to be queen. She doesn't want to be any of that. So she kind of like you handle that. That's that's you. <laughs> I'm glad that they're kind of splitting the difference on that because Winston Duke is fucking great. Oh he's amazing. I love him so damn much. I don't really think he had enough to do in this film. But I am so excited if he is going to be, like, the ruler of Wakanda. Yeah, he, I think he's going to be king. And I don't think Shuri's going to be, like, coming in on that. I think the next movie, if if we don't have it being about T'Challa, you know, rising back into the thing, it's going to be him as king and Shuri as Black Panther and that being okay. It's not going to be about who's going to be ruler. Eventually, it's going to be a big deal when T'Challa comes back and, has to, and retakes his the throne but i think for now I th- i'm quite happy that's a phase nine problem yeah that's a phase nine problem unless we have like another like big time skip because 
what that kid's like five or six yeah i mean it's secret wars makes put everything into a whole different equation but we got time for that we got lots of time for oh, jesus that. i mean secret wars we might get like an alternate universe killmonger or an alternate universe t'challa like who knows what's gonna happen that that could also shake up and completely fuck up the continuity. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the content. If Secret Wars is going to be doing what Secret Wars did in the comics, they're going to consolidate all the multiverse. That'll be uh, the end of the multiverse war. I, yeah, and thus, I hope that, it doesn't exactly do that. That consolidation will change reality and blend them all. So the the new MCU reality will have the X Men in it. It'll have all those things. So first, you're going to make it all one big mess, and then you consolidate it all into one new universe. And you put all the toys in the same box. Mm-hmm. Shake them all up and see what happens. Um, we're definitely getting ahead of ourselves. So we got that's what 2025, 2026. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, something like that. Marvel knows what they're doing to really keep us going to the movies. <sighs> Although sidebar, but related, Bob Iger's back. Yeah, but it's better than the other guy. He doesn't know how to promote for shit. Oh, the other Bob, Bob Chapek. Yeah, Bob Chapek. I hate that guy. It was really funny because he announced that like there was going to be layoffs, and then like a couple of days later they let him go, and I don't think that he knew that he was going to be in one of those layoffs. <laughs> um, but Bob Iger's back, and uh, hearing some hearing some rumors that they may be fl- delaying or like flipping some things around. Chapek was basically just being like. Here, here's 20 bucks. Go make a big movie. And if it's not right. good, I'll kill you. Okay, here's, here's another 20 bucks. I need another movie out three days later. If it's not good, I'll kill you. You know, everything. He's just getting quality, quantity, 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 quantity. You know, it's like they're rushing through these things and not spending the amount of money on it. And like, while Phase 4 has a lot of things that I love, 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 I feel like it's a lot of signs of like people just rushing to put content out to keep everyone's attention. And I think Bob Iger's going to be like, just slow down. Here's, a, here's an extra few million dollars. Pay a better writer. Go do this and take your time with it. Let us know what you need. And I think that's going to be the difference approach. And I think it's going to matter, especially coming through. I want this multiverse saga to take its time. I'd rather wait till 2030 for Secret Wars than have it all be done in the next year or so and have it be like, well, that was it. It's like, take your time. Yeah, do no, I, I agree. Um, going back to this movie... Letitia Wright, problematic person in real life. Yeah, extremely problematic person in real life. But damn, she was so good. And I mean, essentially, she was the lead of this movie. Yep, I loved her. I loved her. I I loved her as a Black Panther. I loved her as Shuri. When they were were getting away from the cops, from the garage, and all that scene, her one, her banter with a Koye, just give the give those two ladies their own movie and and go on a little adventure or something going on. Like I just love them together. Also, I don't comment on this generally, but the drip on that girl, like she, I, I just loved her outfits the entire movie. Yeah, no, it's she looked amazing. She she wore everything well and she characterized everything well. Um, she acted like a young princess, but with a a genius attitude with confidence and quite a lot of arrogance at the same time, but it worked. It really worked for Shuri. Cause that's it really her. did. And I, I, I really enjoy 
that they played up her like atheism in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's I don't want to talk about spirituality. I don't want to talk about your mysticism. There's nothing you can't solve with 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 without technology. You know, with technology, you it that's how we're going to approach everything. You know. Yeah. No, I I, I love that because it was like something that they didn't really call out in like the other movies that she's been in, but like, it totally makes sense that that's her worldview. Yeah. I love that. Basically all it's come down to when it comes to the, uh, the, the heart shaped herb, you know, it's like one person in Wakanda gets the heart shaped herb, right? One person, but in Talokan, their version of the heart shaped herb, everyone gets like the entire citizenry has taken their own imbibed it or has a genetic mutation now carrying it through. It's yeah, a part of that. Which how did you feel about that? Their their equivalent of the uh, the herb turning them into fish people. No, I mean that's it's whatever their elemental thing was. I mean vibranium was in water, so it was adaptive to that. I that's how you make a mermaid. Also I like I like that the existence of other vibranium on Earth kind of challenges the the creation myths of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, that goes against everything. Like, we were supposed to be the only ones who have it. Apparently there's more. And it created this other civilization. You have this other Wakanda, you know, this, but it's an underwater civilization. And that's yeah. what it was cared for. Like, I, I always wondered whether they were, they're going to do something with the mythos involving like vibranium and why the herbs get made and all that stuff. So, Hoping that uh, they do that in a later film. Do you think that they succeeded in making Namor's little winged feet cool? Yes. Yes. I was wondering about that. Like, this is going to look silly. You know, but they're doing a comic book accurate Namor. So great. Awesome. Let's let's see what that looks like. And at first you're like, all right, he's floating up there and they're, they're flying like hummingbirds. I'm like, okay, cool. It's just this like, fluttering but when he's like almost jumping between movements it works so damn well in combat that like you you get the way it's moving and altering his position making him so powerful and agile so i think it worked i think they made it as cool looking as they could have but it is still such a dorky ass thing from the comics. I don't think so. I don't think it's dorky ass. I think it's just there. And it looks cool. I, I'm not anti it. If they had if they had left out the wings, I would have been okay with it. But I think they made it I think they made it look as good as they could. Yeah. Um <laughs> I I visibly like winced when Sherry like ripped some of them out though. Oh me too. Oh me too. I thought that was a very, very uh, intense fight scene in general and like ow like it felt painful it was a fight scene that ended with a fish fry mm. <laughs> but <Ba-dum>, i'm <bump. laughs> um christy loved the movie i think it was probably her favorite of this phase but one thing that absolutely freaked her out, and she told me that I had to include this in the podcast, she was absolutely terrified that the people from Talokan could control whales. Yeah. Because she is terrified of whales. Well, now people of Talokan have all the whales. Like Shamu's just popping up to fuck your shit up. Yeah, pretty much. They are tanks. They are troop transports. They are battering lambs. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
my 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 big question one of the things that like got me was like okay why was lake bell hired to be in this movie i don't know just for her to be in like a scene and die yeah she's not an a actress i mean that's that's fine whatever but she's not a nobody i've watched movies with lake bell in it as stars and and as a lead like she's she's got a lead power for her to be just doing a 5 second cameo was weird i always waited i was waiting for her to come back like they didn't kill her they took her hostage kind of a thing yeah i thought that was a really strange choice and like she was just some some unnamed character who died within like the the length of the scene yeah i found it really weird that they casted her just to like kill her three seconds later like i thought she was gonna have something bigger to do in this movie like she was gonna be another kind of agent ross kind of character you know and said she was his uh unnamed and then subsequently murdered buddy yeah i don't know what that was that was weird yeah a little strange uh definitely a strange choice the fact that they had that suit that that uh talokan still had the suits from that raid tells me that they took a lot more than what they what they showed so maybe there's scenes on the cutting room floor that showed what happened to her and the fact that they have all this tech i mean i think there is a decent amount of stuff they cut out of this movie the subplot that was removed was um i forget the characters names with with the the, the other midnight oh uh annika and io yeah those two that that was more they had more scenes where they showed they were romantic they, they did literally have like the only thing that like existed from that in the movie was, it was a kiss uh, yeah, it was like a kiss and like them calling each other their loves at the end. Yeah, that was it. But there was more in there. God, they Disney. Cutting out ro- ro- Disney, let the, gay, let the gays happen. Yeah, but even just in general, like love scenes in general, like or romantic arcs, like Multiverse of Madness had Wong and that poor soul who like destroyed the book. They had a love interest thing going on before she died. And they, and they completely cut that out. You know, making Wong even more upset that, like, she died and, like, bringing more of an emotional thing there. I thought they should have kept it out, but, like, it kept it in. But that's, I have so many issues with how they edited. You know what? Maybe maybe they cut it out because Wong's true love is Madison. Yeah, that's what everyone's saying now. It's like, you know, could we really appreciate Madison if she had died knowing that, you know, that he was in love with her? It's like, maybe Madison is is just the rebound. Maybe. So... Any, do any final thoughts do we have on this movie? I think we pretty much... It is has my favorite score um, in a Marvel movie in a long time. It was beautifully scored. And the music choices for the songs and the soundtrack was amazing. There are songs that I keep replaying on repeat even now. Um, so yeah, overall, it, it captured my imagination. I look forward to seeing it many, many, many more times. And I don't know whether it's it still kind of keeps rising up is something i want to keep watching and while i still had that kind of vibe about the first black panther movie i think it's a little bit more intense that i want to keep watching this the designs of talokan the costumes everything is just so beautiful i enjoy watching it i enjoy riri there's nothing i don't enjoy in this um except for a few editing decisions and where i could see like all right they eventually it all had to be ended so and you would totally change the design of those Midnight Angels. Oh, yeah, those Midnight Angels. Oh, my God, so bad. Where does it rank for you um, in the pantheon of Phase 4 movies? 
That's difficult. Phase four has been a long time because of this damn pandemic. Um, phase four has been a long time. I'm like, we're both like Googling a list of the phase four. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, we've had 18 properties, but we're just talking about films. So let's talk about theatrical releases. Do I like it more than No Way Home? I was going to say, I think No Way Home is the best movie of this entire phase. Yeah. So that's, I'm not, a, and I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and I understand why. I mean, it, No Way Home is the culminating crossover that we usually get at the end of a phase. I mean, it got it in the middle. For me, I think that this movie is like neck and neck with Shang-Chi, but I think it's more emotionally resonant than that movie. Like I, I would be like Spider-Man No Way Home and then this movie and Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi in this movie. I think I would do, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home, Wakanda Forever. I would put Eternals first and then Shang-Chi. Yeah, um, I was going to I know, I know Eternals ranks pretty high for you. Yes, I, I love Eternals. I, I love it a lot. I'm one of the few people who I think from the beginning have been unapologetic fans of Eternals. And Shang-Chi is, those are the four movies I think that really shined. Thor had some issues with because it just wasn't balanced. Also, Thor personally did dirty like your favorite arc of the comics. Yeah, it really did. And and all you needed was a half an hour more of like... Gore, actually. Like, yeah, gore. Yeah. You needed more gore. Metaphorically, metaphysically, and literally, you needed more gore in Thor Love and Thunder. Um, so that's my issue there. Doctor Strange needed more Wanda. Um, and Black Widow needed more Black Widow. Black Widow needed to be in Phase 3. Best thing about Black Widow was Florence Pugh and David Arbor. Valid. And we're getting both of them back in the Thunderbolts. Yes. So looking forward to that. So really at the end of the day, yeah, it is. It I think it'll fluctuate because every once in a while, I kind of feel like I like Spider-Man more and, or sometimes just a little bit less. Not because of, of it being a lesser movie, but just I really like Wakanda Forever. So we will see. I think you have to ask me again in another month or so. We should do an entire episode where we where we rank all these films. Like a like a like a March Madness. Like let's just fucking let's just talk um, about all four phases and just go to town. We could do we could do brackets. Yes, <laughs> that's something we should do. Um, now, especially now that phase four is over, when we got some time until when when's the next one? February, March. Uh, our next movie after this is Ant Man. Quantumania coming out February 17th, unless February. it gets pushed back for some reason. Okay. Mid-February. Mid-February. And then we have the Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvels, Captain America, New World Order. Well, New World Order is, t- is 24. So I just focus on 2023. So it's it's Quantumania, the Marvels, and, and Guardians of the Galaxy. But yeah, I think we're just getting three movies next year. And honestly, good. I think four, I think four is maybe maybe too much. Plus, we'll have what if Secret Invasion, Loki, Ironheart, Agatha, Daredevil. Yes, possibly Echo, depending on who knows what's going on with Echo. I know it's been being restructured as we speak because my friend has been working on it nonstop, and then they just said stop working on it. Oh, so they're restructuring a lot of things to figure it out. I mean, they're going to have to figure it out because it feels like they're they're investing a lot in Daredevil and apparently it's going to be essential to Daredevil. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I don't know. We're, we're in a state of flux. Phase four is ending. We get to talk about the holiday special next week. Yeah, 
So let's do the holiday special and then do like a special, like let's talk about all the phases, you know, like going up to where are we now and how did we get here? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. Cool. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. What's really cool is I went to uh, Disneyland a couple weeks ago and they had a lovely Wakanda forever like garden with like a big Black Panther head. And, you know, uh, Shuri comes out to do like this march, like this, like march and respectful, like ritual thing when the sun goes down. It's nice. That's pretty cool. Every time I think about the title of this movie, the only thing that plays in my head is that clip from She-Hulk of Todd being like Wakanda forever and Jen being like, that makes me uncomfortable. Thankfully, I still have Chadwick's voice in my head from uh, Infinity War. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, it was. The last thing I'll say about this film was it was a beautiful tribute. Like I cried in the beginning from it. And at the end with the whole like tribute with the sun and everything else. And even just as a as a metaphor for the actor being like a part of him will always be with us. You know, it was it was beautiful. And I do appreciate that, like. There's just a couple lines in the movie that definitely like reflect how I know the actors are probably feeling in real life. Mm-hmm. Like I think the one that sticks out to me um, most of all was that Shuri said something to the effect of, you know, I didn't know that he was sick and I, and he didn't tell me until it was yeah. too late. And that's exactly how it was in real life yeah. for them. And that's no one knew. Crushing. He was he was doing all this stuff in Infinity War and Endgame and nobody knew. He was sick the whole time. Mm-hmm. He was fighting. And I'm just happy we got the, the couple of what if episodes we got from him. You know? So it makes me sad because I know he was excited for for enjoying that version of Star Lord T'Challa and doing more with him. Yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have wanted to see live action Star Wars T'Challa in in uh, something because yeah. he was he did fun. too. He, he was having fun with it, even just to see Korath. He was, he was he was hilarious. He got the that actor got to be comedic in a way that that actor has probably never been able to do because he's always playing a badass, you know, and like angry or villainous or like just intense. And this and and, and what if or just like have fun with it, just be funny. Because he got to be so funny. Him and T'Challa working off each other were great. I think I think I'm always gonna lament what this movie could have been, but I'm I'm pretty satisfied with what we got. Yeah, and this movie was always going to have T'Challa's son involved. Like that was not added just because of the of the death of Chadwick. Like that he was going to be in this movie. Regardless. Oh, interesting. I I didn't know that. Yeah, the script originally had him. Being away, so the original script, from what I understand, what we were going to be grieving in this movie, because still it was like great, lost time, right? Lost like, time. So not only lost time of I've been away from Wakanda for so long, it's my son grew up without me. Like I wasn't there for my son, and that's what was going to be a, a major driving thing of the film. Well, it folded in pretty nicely to what ended up having to happen. Yeah, I think so too. Wakanda forever. That makes me uncomfortable, Jason. All right. So make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A-Cast. 
And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.